one of the most familiar sounds in all of music history. Yeah, that was uh, the beer can opening. Garth Brooks, I think it was 1990, got friends in small places or something like that, but they meant that to be in there, and this is a monster. Uh, It's a monster energy uh, drink, and it is not a beer. So, anyway, point of today is, uh, you know, we got to watch ourselves out there, and we got to watch everybody around us, Um, in particularly um, those that uh, might use opioids illicitly or illicitly. And this is a um, kind of informal discussion about naloxone. Naloxone, the brand name is Narcan, is a reversal agent for opioids. And it's, I guess, going to become more and more popular and more and more uh, widely used, particularly in the lay public, as it becomes more available. And it is kind of available uh, in a very unusual way because it immediately reverses an opioid overdose. So the thought is anybody over 100 milligram equivalents of morphine uh, should probably have this thing around. So if they have an incident where they have depressed respirations or an overdose, intentional or not, uh, a lay person or a family member can go ahead and give them this reversal agent and save their life. And there's been many, many lives saved with this drug. Um, there's another drug called naltrexone, and we're going to get to that in a minute. It's not naloxone, but a really important drug, too. Okay, I'm going to tell you my uh, brief around-the-world history on me and this drug. So I was uh, in another life, as I mentioned before, a paramedic city and county of Denver, Denver, Colorado, a big system, really advanced paramedic system in the late 70s, early 80s. And we had this drug on board. It was kind of developed earlier in the 70s and kind of like hung around. No one really knew what to do with it. But I can tell you, as a paramedic, we uh, saw the first in the wave of heroin um, hit that great city. And unlike the back streets of New York or what you would think of L.A. as a... uh, Um, kind of a seedy environment where heroin is only seen there. Not so. In Denver, we saw the affluent and uh, the what we call common street user um, inject this drug and with horrible consequences. There was a feeling in Denver, and it was quite naive, actually, that this drug, uh, heroin, had very few consequences or side effects. And so people were injecting it uh, intramuscularly, right into the muscle, or intravenously, which comes out like a freight train. So the intravenous uh, injection is the one that hits hardest and causes the most uh, uh, dereliction to the uh, respiratory system, in other words, respiratory arrest. And so we would carry this drug, and um, what we would do is come across uh, an individual and there may not be apparatus around him or not uh, and it was a broad brush stroke it was all socioeconomic classes and if they were in distress or extremis um, we'd give this drug because the side effects were like nil 
but the potential benefits were huge. So here we have a cardiac arrest, and it's a 40-ish year old person or 35. You wouldn't expect a 35-year-old to go down in cardiac arrest from a cardiovascular issue. So we would give Narcan. It wasn't our first line. We had protocols. Um, um, I was one of the first wave of ACLS, of Advanced Cardiac Life Support. And, you know, pretty strict protocols we went by. And uh, we operated fairly independently before we had to call in on the orange box. <laughs> and if anybody ever saw Emergency Rescue 51, there's this radio, and it was in an orange box, and it went directly to a physician at the ER. And Denver General was one of the first ER training programs, so it was very advanced. And Dr. Rosen, among others, and Dr. Rosen wrote the textbook, a very progressive individual, particularly with his paramedics. We had college degrees, and we were out there. Uh, most of us were pre-med, and uh, we had we had our intentions on being professional, and no kidding uh, did we see stuff. So we'd be out there, and we'd see somebody laying there, and we often beat the fire department that did first responder stuff. And the, and the police officer was standing there, and... You know, everybody, everybody, when they're looking at somebody down, basically does the same thing. It's like, okay, let's let's get started here. A, B, C, airway, breathing, circulation. We all work together. Uh, tremendous help. Fire department was tremendous help. Police department. Uh, I don't I don't know what we'd do without them. And we'd get busy. Uh, one of us would start an IV uh, as uh, CPR was going on or respiratory assistance was going on via Ambu bag or bag mask. Um, I can't remember once I did mouth-to-mouth. I can't remember once um, because we had the equipment. And so uh, if it was the first line of cardiac drugs, we slipped in a Narcan. Um, it might be an opioid overdose. Well... <laughs> Let me tell you something. If you know it's an opioid overdose and you see the needle in their arm and you give them Narcan, you put that drug in and you stand back because they're coming up swinging. You just induced immediate withdrawal. And um, the Narcan never lasts as long as the parent drug that they have in them. So you're always ready to give another uh, bolus of Narcan. Or else, if they're cooperative, you put them on a drip. You put like... Uh, about 10.4 milligram Narcans in a 100cc bag, and you drip it in slowly, not to induce withdrawal. And over time, if you have a good command of the airway and you don't think they're going to aspirate, you go ahead and start the drip anyway before you bolus them. And, I mean, that's a call. That's a judgment call. And I'm not going to say one way or the other what you should do. But um, after being nearly knocked, knocked out as a scrawny 150-pound uh, paramedic, uh, I can tell you it's it's a much better emergence if you can just drip it in. So here's this drug, Narcan. What does it do? I have this long history of it. I I know what it can do. It can save a life. It's it's remarkable. There's only one other uh, scenario I've seen that is as dramatic as it is, and that's when you give D50 or dextrose 50 percent. To a uh, diabetic in diabetic crisis, um, blood sugar is very, very low, for example, 20s or 30s. You know, we don't even merit, measure it. You can tell. And, and it just wakes them up. <laughs> and that's exactly what Narcan does. It just wakes them up. So um, what does it do? Well, it goes in there and displaces the opioid uh, 
where it needs to be displaced, and they get their respiratory and alert status back. It's very lipophilic, which means it goes right to the fat. And what's the brain? Fat. So it crosses the blood-brain barrier very quickly and wakes them up. Uh, and so there's other scenarios. We give uh, Narcan for, and sometimes it's desperation scenarios, like somebody's in uh, sepsis or um, somebody is, is, is just not doing well. And you, you you just say, we haven't got anything to lose. Um, cardiorespiratory depression, some neurological depression. We don't have anything to lose. And it's been even used in a really benign sense for this uh, thing called um, paritis or itching uh, that comes from opioids. And when you have to give an opioid and you get that histamine release, um, itch, 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 and you keep going, yeah, i got to give more opioid. Now, let's say somebody's got a fractured femur or something. You don't necessarily want to withdraw or hold back on the opioid because they hurt, bad hurt, but they're scratching themselves to death. You can really low dose, drip, drip, drip uh, the Narcan in, and it gets rid of some of that paritis when Benadryl won't. Um, so, okay. You know, you look at uh, insertin, you look around on this drug and try to understand it. It says it lasts 45 minutes. Oh, hell, it doesn't. It lasts about 15. And uh, especially somebody that's got a pretty substantial overdose. If they had a respiratory arrest from their overdose and some of this incredibly potent heroin that's out there, you're not going to get away with 0.4 milligram. You're going to have to either start a drip or keep uh, do microbolusing. And if they let you, a lot of times... Uh, Patients, when they wake up, they don't want you close to them, and they don't want you helping them. They don't want the rebolus, and they get a little sleepier and a little sleepier, then you take over. So, um, you know, this drug has been coupled with uh, other drugs, um, and uh, it's been effectively used um, with buprenorphine, so you can't monkey with the buprenorphine. Buprenorphine, for people who don't know, is the number three most uh, diverted drug in America right now. You know that? Yeah, yeah. That's your Subutex Suboxone deal. Number one in prisons. Why? Because it's a little film, and kids can put it uh, in an envelope or um, paint it into a little picture or something. It's got high value. And Subutex, which is the pill form, without the naloxone, is uh, highly potent, snorted, injected, and uh, a big problem. So some of these suboxone clinics are now the new pill mills. And if there are a lot of uh, cash-paying clients and they're only using Subutex, red flag everywhere. But, you know, Suboxone um, and some other preparations, Subsolve, uh, Bunavale, uh, some of these other preparations have reversal agents in them. So if you try to uh, snort or inject or whatever these drugs um, with abuse deterrent technology, uh, it's going to reverse everything. Uh, this brings us now to naltrexone. Naltrexone is different. Uh, it's it's a cool drug, but it's uh, highly underutilized and it's pretty expensive. This drug was uh, developed in the seventies, and um, it it was tried in a lot of things. It was tried for alcohol; um, it didn't really work that well. It was tried for other uh, agents to suppress uh, the craving and use and. It, it's different because um, it's one of these drugs you can inject and you can put in subcutaneous uh, implants and you can do a lot of things with it. 
Um, in other words, you can kind of manipulate this drug a little differently. Um, Narcan, if you swallow it, it goes through hepatic metabolism. It just goes away. Um, if you inject it, it's not first pass, so it reverses everything. Naltrexone is a depot drug, D-E-P-O-T. That means it hangs out. And um, so the deal is um, it has advantages over Narcan because it can last longer. You can give it an injection form, and it can last a month. So I'm thinking ideally somebody that wants to stay off uh, opioids or doesn't necessarily trust himself or a family member has um, tragically a adolescent and they want to save his or her life, you get an injection of uh, Vivitrol. That's what it's called, Vivitrol, about 380 milligrams once a month. And um, it, it, they use illicit drugs. They can probably overwhelm it, but they're going to have to do a lot of drugs to overwhelm it. But point of the matter is they're going to live they're going to live with this drug um and it it does need something called contingency management or motivational interviewing or however you want to put it you need to have ongoing therapy it isn't um set and forget no because uh addiction is um a whole person and a brain disease so you got to have more um this is one of those things you probably ought to get liver functions uh, in people that drink. And you probably ought to look at the liver, anybody you suspect, because um, it's a little rugged on the liver. Um, and it has it really doesn't have any side effects. Um, it's a pretty good drug uh, to utilize, but be careful. Uh, be sure and get that drug screen before you give naltrexone to make sure they don't have opioids in them. Otherwise, you're going to throw them in, in, into withdrawal. They're going to go right into withdrawal, and you're going to have a bad day. They're going to have a worse day. They aren't going to like you. Uh, in, it's been shown in studies to work. Uh, it, uh, it probably has some benefits um, more so than uh, methadone, which you've got to show up every day at the clinic, or buprenorphine, which you have to reliably take um, pretty much every day or sometimes you get away with every other day. Uh, and therefore, um, you know, you can um, get around this uh, party time that a lot of people do with buprenorphine. In other words, uh, and I learned this from some smarter addiction people than me, professionals that do this stuff all day, every day. <laughs> people that take buprenorphine will pick out one weekend. I'm giving an example, gross example, by the way. Uh, and they will have a party. And it will be all heroin, and they'll have extra buprenorphine left over, and they'll start back on it on Monday. And uh, they have some to sell to pay for their party. Uh, I did not know that who would think that stuff, but apparently that's what some people do. And now Trexone gets around all of this. All right, so back to Narcan. Uh, Narcan uh, is a good drug. It is coupled with other drugs. Now Trexone is coupled with other drugs, including morphine and brand name and beta, uh, and is part of abuse deterrent technology. So uh, these reversal agents are good, and they're good to have. Now, there's a dark side to Narcan. When you um, have something that's really cool and really needed, think EpiPen, 
And um, you get a company that has a one-sided perspective. In other words, no competition. Uh, prices can rise pretty fast. Narcan is generic, and I, it should be cheap, really cheap. Uh, I've seen as low as 50, uh, 50 cents a dose. Um, it's probably a little more now, but, you know, uh, the point is it's a, a world health drug. It's needed in the world, and it's available. Um, so we ought to really kind of be looking at this drug um, as an available drug that has uh, universal availability for people of need. So um, it's a safe medicine, uh, wholesale, you know, between 50 cents and 530, according to Wikipedia. I've, I've seen it cheaper than that. Um, and what is happening is the desire to get it out, the desire to get it out. What are we going to do with this drug? How are we going to get it in people? Because a lot of people, they don't know how to inject. Well, you, you can squirt it up somebody's nose, right? You can just squirt up their nose with these injectors. And the FDA fast-tracked um, a system that is an auto-injector. And it's kind of cool. It talks people through the injection process where they just slug it in their leg and, and they wake up. And that auto injector shot up in price um i'm not going to get into the individuals uh by name but i i hope and i see the company responding to the price increase um i think they're trying to do some good things they're making one or the other available the generic or their auto injector available um and it depends on um their um, reimbursement potential. So um, they're probably trying to do the right thing. And unlike the uh, EpiPen folks that, uh, I don't know, I'm not going to get into any political discussion there. But um, so let's wrap it up with this. Um, Narcan, good drug. drug. Naltrexone, good drug. Two different uh Cousins, they're not brothers and sisters, they're cousins, but they have a common theme. They help people that are going to overdose, potential for overdose, or have overdosed. And um, they have to be used with a little bit of expertise and caution. They have to be utilized with the understanding they're not perfect. And uh, I think some new agents are coming out on their heels, which is good. They can be coupled with other drugs. Um, so we could call them adjuncts to uh, uh, this uh, abuse deterrent. And deterrent means it isn't perfect. And just understand that it's a deterrent. It's not perfect. And we're going to be hearing more of it. So um, basically, okay, that's that's Narcan's story. That's uh, Naltrexone's story. I'm going to I'm definitely going to be revisiting this, and I'm going to talk a little bit about uh, the Lazarus Project, and I'm going to talk a little bit more about stuff that uh, is relevant. And um, I'm probably going to have a representative, if I can, from the auto-injector on, because it is a really cool system, and it needs to be uh, part of the awareness of uh, folks out there that have those that are troubled by... uh, 
uh, addiction and availability for those that are um, seeing family members and others uh, have to dial 911. All right, this is kind of a pre 911. So, all right, with that, as you can tell, I'm outside. I'm doing a, a podcast on a, a beautiful afternoon and uh, shoot me a rating at uh, iTunes. It really helps me rank. Uh, really appreciate that and um, paininformation.com if you have any questions this actually came from a, a listener tell us about Narcan what the heck is this and uh, so here it is I have a lot more to say about Narcan but you got what you need right here and the beginnings of understanding if you know somebody that needs this stuff and you don't know how to get it um, you can go to uh, samsha.gov because uh, this is part of what's called the uh, uh, opioid uh, toolkit. Uh, and if you know somebody that's on a benzodiazepine and an opioid, they probably ought to have this around because benzodiazepines and opioids, they're, they're tough. Um, they're tough to mix and probably shouldn't be mixed. And that's uh, further uh, emphasized by the CDC guidelines. Um, uh, finally, if uh, you are pregnant or you, you think you're going to give somebody this drug that is pregnant, you could sh- uh, throw that uh, uh, fetus into withdrawal. And please be careful on infants with no experience. Please dial 911 for those that have. Um, all right, this isn't a you know, this isn't a medical advice show. This is a medical information show. And consult with uh, an expert or physician or healthcare provider if you have any other questions. But uh, let's face it, uh, it's, it's an interesting world we have to be prepared for. And this is one of those things. So have a great day. Of course, there's yard work everywhere when you're trying to do this.